Have you ever had a question and wanted to know clearly what the Bible has to say about it? Well, in this podcast, Bible Answers for Today's Christians, we will learn together what God's Word really says. Welcome back to another episode uh, for our podcast. Um, tonight's episode will be dealing with um, the Muslim religion and what the Muslims believe and, and what the Quran teaches. So, Pastor, why don't you start us off tonight um, on this topic? Okay, this is a very important subject, especially in the day and age which we live. Um, what does a Muslim believe? What does the Quran teach? Um, and how does that affect our world today? What's going on with all of this? Uh, I think it's important that everybody, Christian or not, have a basic understanding about uh, Muslims, Islam, and, and the Quran. Now, I, I state right up front that I am a Christian and uh, through this broadcast, we'll give some reasons why um, we stand as a Christian and why you can hold comfortably and solidly to the Bible and the Word of God. And so um, so we're going to give you some things tonight um, about Muslims, and, and so um, I hope this will be helpful to you. Okay, there's three important things that you have to understand form the Muslim religion, and they're all intertwined. The first one is, is the, the Quran, which is their holy teachings, uh, their book, mm -hmm. okay? The second one is their leader, who is Muhammad. Mm -hmm. Muhammad uh, lived at 570 A.D. to 623 uh, A.D. All Muslims believe that Muhammad was the last and the greatest prophet. Okay, but there's a third thing involved in, um, in this, and that is the place, which is Mecca. All three of these are so vital to an understanding of the Muslim religion and uh, the and Islam and and how it functions, because these three are inseparable; they're inter intertwined. Okay, now for for time's sake, let's just look at the Quran first here, and and look at some of the reasons why the Quran historically is not a book that you can. Um, settle on it's very uh there's a lot that's very skeptical about it let's get into some of that okay um first of all the quran states that it is muhammad's revelation um that it is the the final revelation that allah gave he gave it to um, um uh, muhammad and the thing about this is they believe that the Quran corrects everything that has gone before it. So any scriptures or any text that came before it, a Muslim's going to believe that the Quran supersedes and corrects anything else. So again, you see the level at which they believe and hold to the truths of the, of the Quran. Now, here's one problem with the Quran. The great problem with this is the contradiction of the sources that establish um, the Quran. Mm -hmm. uh, the background of the Quran is, is, is a very shaky um, uh, substance. It's based on a lot of tradition. It's based on hearsay, and it's probably also based on a lot of guesswork. 
So um, here's, here's the narrative uh, of Islam and what a Muslim's narrative is, and it is this. Muhammad receives the Quran, 610 AD. Then he moves up to where Jerusalem is, near Jerusalem, and he supposedly ascends to this seventh heaven. He goes from there to the fifth heaven, and in the fifth heaven, he meets Allah in 621. He then there also meets Moses. Moses tells him to pray. Um, uh, so uh, Muhammad prays 50 times. Uh, Moses says, you're praying too much. Cut it down. He cut it all the way down to five times, and that satisfied Moses, supposedly. Okay, he continues then to gather followers in this time. He moves to Medina, and then after he moves to Medina, he then goes to Mecca. Now, those two are holy um, cities in the, in the mind and the eye uh, of the Muslim. And um, this happens in 630. Um, Muhammad and his followers go to Mecca, take over Mecca, and then in 632, two years later, uh, Muhammad dies. Now, after that, there's some other men that take over the leadership of the Muslim idea. Uh, Abu Bakr, 632 to 634, a man named Umar in 634 to 644, and Uthman, 644 to 656. Now, um, the supposedly, the Quran was supposedly completed in 652 through Uthman. Um, so they say then, this is their claim. Their claim is that it was fully formed by 661. Okay, now that is sketchy, and we're gonna we're gonna just tell you why that is probably not even close to the truth. And here's why. First of all, Muhammad wrote a bi there's a biography about Muhammad, and it's called the Sira S I R A. It was um, it was not written by Muhammad. Their tradition says that it was not written by any eyewitnesses to Muhammad, but was verbally spoken to a guy named Ibn Ishaq in 765 A.D. Now, remember, he died 632 A.D. His biography was supposedly written in 765. So you have over 130 years of a man who wrote his biography that didn't know him, had no eyewitnesses, nobody uh, knew anything. Does that sound strange? Does that sound unusual yes. to anyone? Why there would be, why you'd be writing a biography about him, but there's no witnesses, there's nobody to even um, corroborate the resources. So, okay, so then this Ibn, Hish Ibn Hisham, uh, an, I'm sorry, a different man, he puts some of his words in writing, okay? Um, he picks and chooses some of the supposed quotes or sayings of Muhammad and then writing them in A.D. 33. Okay, so now we're 200 years from uh, the time of Muhammad, A.D. 33, and also al added to them in 835 A.D., now, these are supposed sayings uh, of Muslim 
uh, of the Muslims, and they form what's called the Hadith. Um, and again, there is no eyewitnesses to what Muhammad had said or what he didn't say. Um, these two men, uh, and actually there's a few others, that added all of these things. But the truth is, there is no evidence or eyewitnesses to corroborate anything that Muhammad said or supposedly didn't say. Um, no eyewitnesses of it. So the, the Hadith is basically compiled by a few men who are going off of Muslim tradition and um, Muslim ideology. There's no way they could have known all of these things. Uh, they're going off of uh, probably tradition. Okay, so then we move up a little further, the ninth and the 10th centuries, and there, be, there are six different Muslim leaders that form what's called the Tafsir and the Tariq. These are commentaries on the Quran and also called the histories of mankind. Okay, so what you have is this conglomeration of a Muslim who believes in not just the Quran, but the Hadith, they also believe in the Tafsir, the Tariq, commentaries on the Quran, uh, and stories of mankind. So you have this soup bowl of uncorroborated books. Uh, no, no one eyewitnessed these writings. Nobody um, can corroborate the truth um, of these stories. So, um, so now what you have, let's move back a little bit to 749. 749, now you're still 120, 130 years after Muhammad dies. Um, over 100 years later, the Abbasids, they came and they ruled in, in uh, that area in 749. They were the ones who formed the modern-day Muslim belief of these traditional writings. They were the ones who formed all this and made this be like um, an understanding that this is the formation of their religion. Um, but the problem with the writings is they had not even occurred yet. Um, historically, the time frame does not even allow them to have been able to write those traditional writings. So again, it's very skeptical as to the fact of whether these are actually real, true, or somebody just created them or made them up. Now, supposedly, all of these events took place in Mecca or Medina um, in, during the time or before the time uh, of when Muhammad lived. So Mecca and Medina are very important because these are the two cities that um, they claim were great historical cities um, lived in by um, um, Muslims. Now, by the way, they actually teach that Adam and Eve, Mecca is where Adam and Eve were uh, in the Garden of Eden. And it says that in Surah chapter 7, verse 24. They also believe that Mecca is where Abraham lived when he destroyed the idols within the Kaaba, according to Surah 25, verses 15 through 71. Um, 
and it is the center. They also claim that it is the center of the trade route uh, from north, south, east, and west, which later on in studying history, that that all changed, and there's there's several contradictions as to whether the actual trade route went through Mecca or Medina. And the reason they say that is because it's, it's, it's stating their claim that Mecca and Medina were very uh, great cities at the time. But again, um, you can go to documented places. Um, I have a map here. Of course, you can't see it, but it's a 7th century map. And it shows... Um, Arabia at the time. And in this 7th century map, um, Mecca and Medina are not even existent. They're not even on the map. They're not even there. So if Mecca and Medina were such great cities of historical and coronial uh, uh, importance, then these cities would be... um, these cities would be very well known then. But um, you don't have uh, any great civilization in history attributing a knowledge of the cities of Mecca and Medina. Mecca and Medina are not even in history. The Babylonians didn't say anything about it. The Syrians didn't. The great 13 rulers... Um, did not even acknowledge um, Mecca in Medina as to be real and actual cities that uh, wow. that were in existence at the time. So, again, you have the question of is the Quran true and real and is the city of Mecca really an actual place that they've claimed it to be uh, in accordance of, of um, that. Um, also, all of these events took place, they say, in Mecca and Medina. But all of these writings were not written from Mecca or Medina, but from Baghdad, which was 1,200 miles away. They were also written in Cairo, 900 miles away, and then other cities uh, farther away. Now, if 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 it wasn't a city, it wasn't in existence, uh, then these writings came from other places, not Mecca and Medina, as is claimed uh, by the Muslims. So historically, we cannot put any substance to the reality of Mecca and Medina being these great civilizations and these great cities um, that is claimed. And and Mecca is one of the three key parts to upholding the validity of the religion of Islam. So again, it's on shaky ground. But let me say one more thing, and then I'm going to turn it over. The Bible was completely different in its writings and its history than the Quran. In the Bible... It was completely written within 60 years of Christ's death. Mm-hmm. And uh, not 300 years, like the Quran says. It was written by either someone who had seen 
and known Christ. That's what an apostle is. An apostle had to see and know the risen or see the risen Christ, or somebody who had known Christ and was written primarily within the area that Jesus lived and taught. So the Bible, you have a a corroborated substantiation of what was being said. It didn't drift out into hundreds of years. Um, these are facts that corroborate one or the other. And we even go to the writings of Josephus to know and see that the the validity from a historical uh, aspect. And, and if you know anything about Josephus, he was just a Roman man who was writing history books in Jerusalem at the time. And Josephus wrote and validated uh, so much of what Scripture had taught, so much of the history of Jerusalem, and and uh, even the teachings of Christ. But you do not have that same thing when it comes to the teaching of the Quran. It's it's very sketchy. There's a whole, whole lot more on this. But that is just a brief history of where the Quran came from and why it's sketchy. So many of you may be wondering out there, um, <laughs> who who should I choose? Who should I choose? Uh, should I follow Jesus Christ, who claims to be God, who claims to uh, have done miracles, have written him down, or should I follow Muhammad, who also claims to be God? Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that Muhammad lived. I believe that he was a man who lived uh, around five, 600 uh, A.D., I believe that. I believe Jesus Christ lived also. There are historical records for both of those men living on this earth. So I believe he was here. I believe that full-heartedly. But you may be saying, they're saying the same thing. They're claiming both to be God. But there are some things that separate them and how you can tell and how you can know that one is saying the truth and one is telling the lie. And I love this kind of stuff because I've dug into this stuff my own self because uh, I want to know what they believe. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I, I, don't, I, I want evidence for why I believe on what I believe. Mm -hmm. And you would be a fool to just believe in something and when there's no evidence for it. I would be a fool to believe in, in Jesus Christ if there was no evidence for it. I, I would be a fool. I'd be a fool to believe in uh, Allah and Muhammad if there was no evidence for it. But here's the thing that separates Jesus Christ from Muhammad and his teachings. Here's, this, here's, here's one of the things that I can tell you. The Bible was written between 60 years of Je when Jesus Christ had died, correct? Muhammad lived 500 years after Jesus Christ had died. Now, let me ask you, are you going to believe the eyewitnesses that walked, that talked, that sat, that looked at Jesus die and rise again, are you going to believe a man who came along 500 years later and told, tells you he's God and Jesus Christ is just God's servant? He, Muhammad does say that God, that, that Jesus Christ existed, but all he says is that he was a God's servant, mm -hmm. and that's all that he was. He was, not, he was just a good prophet, a good man. Okay, that's what they, That's that right there. 
is one evidence in showing how you can know that Jesus Christ is the real thing and that those eyewitnesses through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John pinned down what they saw. And they saw Jesus Christ die, and they saw him rise from the dead. But the Bible says that Jesus is God, and the Quran says that Allah is God. And uh, a book called In, in Nisa 4.171 in the Quran, it says that Allah is God. It is claiming to, he's claiming to be God. Um, but the, the Bible contradicts that. There are many Muslims who say, well, we believe the Bible too. No, that's not true. If you believe the Bible, then you believe because Jesus Christ claimed to be God in human form. Right. Not Allah being God. There is no two ways. You cannot have both of them being the same God. That is absolutely impossible. Either one is wrong and one is right. So the Bible says claims that Jesus is God, and the Quran says that Allah is God. Number two, Allah promotes violence. Jesus does not. In Matthew 26, 52, Jesus says, put down your sword. Jesus says, put down it. I don't want fighting. I want peace. In the Quran in uh, 474 and 476, it promotes the violence. Muhammad promotes that. And he even promotes it into, um, he says, make no friends. And this is in the Quran. Make no friends with Christians or Jews. You are not allowed to have anything or any uh, to be partakers with them at all. Right. Now, Jesus Christ never, ever, ever does that. Jesus wants you to be friends with anybody. A Muslim, he wants you to be friends. Jesus loves everybody. But Allah does not promote that. You are an infidel if you do not believe in Allah and Muhammad. You are an infidel. You are not <laughs> with the people uh, who believe the Quran? You are not like that. But Jesus does not promote that. Jesus promotes you to have a free will. He wants you to choose him. He doesn't say, uh, uh, "Oh, you're not following me. Oh, you're an infidel, and you're you're a you're a bad person, and you uh, you you Christians aren't allowed to make have any of Muslim friends." No, Jesus Jesus does not ever promote that. And if you're a sane person, you would never promote violence either. Right. Number three. Jesus never robbed or killed anyone. In the Quran verse uh, or chapter four and verse three, it promotes uh, robbing and killing, um, uh, as Allah promotes uh, killing people. Uh, Muhammad promotes um, uh, Muhammad won people by sword, violence, threats. Jesus won people by love, truth, and miracles. So. You can kind of tell the difference in, in these in these points that I make. And there are so many more points I could make to you. I could go on and on. I could just pick apart, you know, the points on why I choose Jesus Christ over Muhammad. But there's one thing, there's one point, okay, that separates Muhammad from Jesus Christ. And this is the biggest thing for us Christians is that Jesus Christ died and then he rose again after he was dead. Muhammad died and never, ever, ever rose again. Right. Okay? So if I have a man come to me in Walmart and say, Hey, I'm going to die, and then you're going to watch me rise again from the dead. I would call him nuts. I would call him crazy. He would be an insane person is what we would call it nowadays. 
So Jesus Christ claimed, hey, I'm going to die and then I'm going to rise again. And in the Gospels, the eyewitness testimonies of those people who write that down on a piece of paper say that Jesus died and then he rose again. If you go to uh, uh, Israel today and you look at the tomb where they believe Jesus was at, there is no Jesus there. There is no body there. If you go to where Muhammad is laid, it's full. You can see his, his rotten bones. You can, you can see that stuff there because he, he has not risen from the dead. And there is no proof of Muhammad rising from the dead. So I don't know about you, <laughs> but I have never seen someone rise from the dead. I have never witnessed someone come up out of the grave and say, hey, I'm here, I'm alive. So if you see this man who, who conquers death even, even death cannot even kill him. Now that is a man that I would believe who claims to be God because we know that God is all-powerful. He knows everything. He can do anything, anything he wants, even raise someone from the dead. So if I were to see Jesus Christ say, I'm going to rise from the dead, and then he does do that and he rises from the dead which no earthly human being can ever do and has ever done then that is the one thing that i would certainly put my faith in jesus christ in. if someone today were to say hey um i'm gonna die and rise from the dead and i actually with no you know uh uh, uh stipulations on it or, or or they didn't mess with their body or something they were to die and then they would go through the autopsy and pronounce them dead. And then they were to rise again. My interest would probably be pretty peaked to that person. Mm -hmm. If I were to see that person rise from the dead like that, I would probably follow them around and listen to some stuff they say. Because that is just what we as humans cannot do is rise from the dead. And that is one of the key things that separates Jesus from Muhammad is that one main key thing is that Jesus actually rose from the dead and conquered death. Muhammad did not. And I hope that's a help to you today. This, these are just a couple reasons why I believe Jesus Christ over Muhammad um, when you, when you uh, uh, look at them two side by side when they claim to be the same person, but they're not the same person. There's stuff that disagrees. So... Um, uh, th and those are just the those are just hitting the surface. I mean, I could go into the into the de the depths of the ocean and 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 tell you uh, a million things and just go on and on and on and why I believe Jesus Christ more than Muhammad and why I follow Jesus Christ and I'm a Christian and why I follow Muhammad. All right, if I can put a little bit of of input on this, um, so. <coughs> Uh, got some things going on in Israel right now. Uh, October 7th was a big day, but they've been at war for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I forgot the numbers, but, uh, there's been 30, around 30,000 rockets that have come over from Gaza area since, um, what, 93. Um, mostly from, uh, well, you could say 100% from a Muslim areas. So that's kind of what's going on there. Uh, a little bit of clarification in the Bible: uh, Palestine is mentioned. That is not the same Palestine that uh, 
that is in Gaza right now. That is a different Palestine. So the Palestine mentioned in the Bible uh, ceased to exist by uh, about 605 B.C., before Christ, and Muhammad didn't die till 632 A.D., after Christ. So there's a big gap, um, not the same people. Um, uh, the people that are there now uh, are not united people. Um, they they would maybe call all themselves Muslims. They would they would all profess that Muhammad is God, but they there's a lot of them that disagree. There's different factions. Uh, there's different levels of Muslims. You'll come across some Muslims that will say that we don't believe in killing other people, and I believe that they generally believe that. The Quran does contradict that a little bit, and Brother Titus went through that a little bit. But there are some factions. That that's their goal in life is to kill people, yep. to the point that they will blow themselves up. They will commit suicide to do so. That's uh, a product of, of what comes out of Islam. There's a lot of infighting too. Um, you have these different factions. You got different types of Baptists. You got different splits off of the Catholic Church. There's all these different sects of religions where there's a lot of different sects of uh, of Islam. And so different groups will believe different mm -hmm. things. Uh, in charge of the mosque that they have, that is like their church, is a mosque. And, and uh, in charge of that, you would have somebody called an imam. So that imam would be comparable to like our pastors or priests, something like that. And imams can actually, in a way, kind of make law, spiritual law. So there could be some things that, are not said in in the uh, Quran that these imams can say, and they will follow them almost as a religious law. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, some of these religious factions and groups will be following an imam that is telling them to do these things and to uh, to to commit acts or or, or whatever. Um, Muslims uh, and Jews, by nature, don't really get along. Uh, and it's kind of a one-sided. Uh, I've I've been around. I've been to Israel four times. Uh, you could say I'm a little bit biased because of that. Uh, I've been around Jewish people, and uh, they are friendly people. Um, they are. You, you hear about uh, people that like they, they will take their shirt off the back to help you. Well, generally, as a group of people, Jews are like that. Muslims are not. I'm not really trying to be mean, beat up on the Muslim here. I'm just trying to uh, say what I've yeah. observed, right. and uh, and and you can just be around around them, and they 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 kind of uh, um, they're very uh, kind of abrasive in the way they live their life. Uh, they can be uh, somewhat mean, um, and moms, uh, and even the Quran gives them permission to lie. Uh, if yeah. it's for the right. benefit of Islam right. or if it's the benefit of hurting a Jew wow. or if it's the benefit of hurting a Christian. Um, and, and, and in all honesty, uh, like I said earlier, not all people, all Muslims want to kill people. That's, they don't wake up and say, I'm going to kill somebody today. But there are some Muslims that that is just their goal in life. And, and they live with that, that mindset. So, uh, it, they they can be a hard people to get along, um, and 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 as far as Muslim goes, it is a very fast growing religion. Um, you go 
Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, they actually hold some political offices. Uh, they supposedly have their own police force mm -hmm. in America. Uh, and there are some places that you don't go without the police force permission. So if you're not, if you're not accepted by them, if you're not a Muslim, then, then you don't, don't, uh, don't go there. Uh, you sometimes see Muslims praying. They pray seven times a day. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, uh, you can look at Muslims and they are sometimes very dedicated to their faith more so than a lot of Christians would be. Um, so, uh, also a, a big disputed point in Israel that the Muslims are, are staking claims to is the Temple Mount. They believe that was where Muhammad ascended up into heaven right. was that Temple Mount area. So pastor did mention, uh, the two main Muslim cities, uh, well, high on that list, too, is the Temple Mount, very sacred to them. They actually control that Temple Mount right now. And so, uh, as of right now, the Muslims control that. If that were to change and Israel were to take control of that, that probably would be the start of World War III. Right. There are a lot of Muslim countries that surround Israel, and in fact, all of the border cities uh, that surround Israel are Muslim uh, countries majority some are, are are stronger towards Muslim faith than others but there are more cities than that that are are, are close more I'm sorry more uh, countries that are close by Israel and the majority of them are 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 Muslim in, in, in faith and belief and so it's really hard for a country like Israel uh, to exist in that but they are able to uh, and, and possess the land that, that God has given them um, Muslims, uh, it, being there, um, the Jews really don't want to get rid of the Muslims. Uh, and mm -hmm. I've, I've, I hear them say this all the time. A common thing that you hear a Jew say is, we just want to be left alone. Yeah. We just want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. But Muslims say, we want to get rid of Israel. Right, it's a yep. very stark contrast in what their belief is. Now, the Jews want to hold onto their hand, their land, and they don't want to give that up. The Muslims want that land back. But beyond just the land, that is a majority of the dispute is the land there, but also uh, the, a big dispute in that area is, is the Jews. They don't want them there. And actually, uh, there's several quotes you can get from different imams saying that they want to completely eliminate all Jews, mm -hmm. all Jews. It's not just take over the land. It's not just some historical sites. They would literally like to destroy all Jews off the face. And uh, I, I just, uh, being in Israel, there's, there, there, there's, there actually is a, even a contrast too in going from a Jewish community into a Muslim community. Just the looks of it, the way that they're kept up, um, there's a difference there. Just mm -hmm. the way they upkeep things, uh, so not 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 trying to beat up on Muslims. Uh, I welcome any Muslim to sit yes. down to a debate and talk about Jesus. That's our premise: is that we believe in Jesus being the Son of God, the Savior of the world. I welcome that, but uh, most Muslims uh, are very confrontational and would not accept that type of debate. Yes, yeah. uh, and and. Muslim people are, are really hard to debate with. Uh, I've 
sat in uh, in audiences of some high profile debates and it, and it's really hard 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 to do that um uh but you know Jesus saves all amen right it doesn't matter who you are right you, you turn to Jesus Christ brother Titus mentioned that and we're not just trying to say that uh God doesn't love Islamist people God doesn't love Muslim yes. people if you're yep. if you're a, a citizen of Jordan or Egypt or Syria wherever God still loves you right um and and we do welcome you uh our our website uh mm -hmm. you can get on our website it's linked, <coughs> uh to the podcast and we do have the gospel presentation on 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 the gospel presentation and so we do welcome you to 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 read on that um so yeah so the issue today is really whose land is it and who who is it that threw the first stone? <laughs> That's really a lot yeah. of what goes on today. We know that both Arabs and Jews historically were in the land and shared the land. But why is it that the two cannot just live peaceably side by side? What is it that is the reason that, I mean, we see the rest of the world, of course, there's wars and factions throughout the world, but for the most part, the world can live side by side with a different country. But why is it so hard over there? Um, and where does, where does a lot of that go back to? Go ahead, Brandon. So, um, uh, I, I believe, uh, Revelation 21 and there talks about a woman. The woman is Israel, and talks about Satan, how he, how he's going to make war with the woman Israel. And I believe ultimately that's Satan's goal. Um, yeah. We in the previous podcast about Israel, we talked about the Jewish people. They're not. It's not that they're a chosen race above everybody else. They were a chosen race to be God's mouthpiece. Yeah. Right. And I believe as a result that that is one of Satan's goals is to see um, the Israel nation, uh, the people completely destroyed. Because it's it's not just about in past times too, but God is going to use Israel again. God has some, God's not done with the Jew. There's not a replacement theology. The Christian hasn't replaced the Jew um, in the end times, right. yep. um, God's going to call people out of the tribes of Israel, 144,000 of them. And so uh, Satan doesn't want that to happen, and he's going to do whatever he can to try and prevent that from happening. Right. Yeah. So. Can you expound more on where it started? So came from? <laughs> you can go to all the way back. I mean, there's evidence of a temple, a Jewish temple there. Um, previous from going all the way back to the time of of David and Solomon. Uh, they've actually dug under the um, the uh, the current temple where the, the, the previous Jewish temples then uh, sat and they've uh, during the term of Yasser Arafat uh, they dug up under that and found uh, ancient artifacts that um, show and demonstrate a lot of the things that there was a Jewish temple in existence. The Star of David, it's, it's there, it was everywhere. Um, 
It was on um, temples in Capernaum. I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, there has been the land of the Jews. But you have to understand, in Roman times, the Jews did not capitulate to the Romans. They didn't get along. And actually, they uh, tried to make a stand on Mount Masada. And on Mount Masada, they were standing uh, for their freedom and fighting for their freedom. And then shortly after that, um, the Jews were pretty, very much just simply destroyed, dispersed throughout the world. Uh, and the nation of Israel at that time came to an end. And it's because of Roman rule and established a land area called Palestine. Uh, and that goes all the way back to Roman times. But there is there is evidence of the Jewish nation, Jewish temple there long before that. And don't forget, Muhammad didn't come along till 600, 700, uh, or 500, 600 years A.D. And so this is why it is so important for a Muslim to establish uh, that these areas came even before Christ because it gives them some sort of um, leverage to say that the land is ours. And um, But um, we, we know that it goes back thousands of years um, to that land. And really, I think when you know Christ, you, have, you know peace and you want to live in peace. And I think, as Brandon said, that's the... That's the great um, missing thing in the Muslim religion is the, the desire for real peace. And I can't help but think that that only comes through Christ, is that peace. That peace and wanting to live in peace is an attribute that Christ our Savior, he is the Prince of Peace. Right. And so he wants... Um, everyone to know him when you know him um, and there have been Muslims that have found Christ been saved and trusted Christ and, and have peace in their heart and uh, thankful for that and it's a great uh, step for them to do that but the peace is worth it to them mm -hmm. the peace of knowing Christ is worth it to them and so I too encourage you to know the Prince of Peace find the Prince of Peace and the saving grace of Christ and I'll just share with you the simple gospel plan, how to do that. First of all, the Bible tells us we're all sinners. We've all sinned. We all uh, need Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your religion is. None of us, none of us can uh, reach Christ. We're all sinners. There's a penalty for sin. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There's a gift that God has for you. And it's extended to all. And uh, that gift was shown on the cross when Christ died for our sins, buried, uh, paid for our sins on the cross, was buried on the third day, he rose again, demonstrating his power over sin and the power over the flesh and Satan uh, to become our Savior. And if we'll open our hearts and receive him, acknowledge that we are sinners, because you can't ask God to save you from something that you don't acknowledge. So we ask God to save us from our sin.
put our faith in him and our trust in him, and he will save you. He's done it for millions of people throughout centuries. And if you'll open your heart to Christ, he will save you too. He'll give you that grace. I hope you will. I'm going to lead you in that simple prayer. If you'd like to open your heart to Christ, simply pray this prayer. Mean it with all your heart. It goes like this. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm in need of a Savior. And I now put my faith and my trust in you. And ask you to come into my heart, save me, wash me of my sins, and take me to heaven when I die. And now put my faith and my trust in you, Jesus, and you alone for my soul's salvation. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then why don't you send us a note? Uh, contact us through the internet, through the website. Let us know. Let us know if you've trusted Christ as your Savior. If you have any questions about the Bible, let us know. We'll be glad to help you in any way we can. Send you literature. We'll send you a Bible. Let us know how we can help you. Titus, why don't you close this session in a word of prayer? <clears throat> Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love towards us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for your love even towards uh, the Muslim culture. Lord God, you love those people just as much as you love us. You love every single person in this world the same. Lord God, we are so thankful that you do that. You don't pick yes. and choose who you love and who you choose to go to heaven, Lord God. Right. It's anybody, and any Muslim, any Jew, any Christian, any Buddhist, Lord, any any atheist, Lord God, can come to know you as their Savior, and we are yes. so thankful for that. Thank you, Lord, for being a great God and for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save us of our sin. Lord God, I ask and I pray that you would, Help this podcast to be a help and a blessing to someone and not a hindrance or a bother to them. And, uh, Lord God, if there is someone out there who doesn't know you as their Savior, we pray, Lord God, that they would get that settled today, right now, Lord, I ask and I pray. Bless us now as we uh, leave here and depart our ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this was an encouragement to you. Follow and like our podcast to stay tuned for our next episodes.